1: As much as life has changed over the last year, you're still pretty busy. So consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same tests hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 25 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com.
2: The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get
3: ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 vibes. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10-4. That's a we'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The
2: Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
4: Adam Stevens, the crew chief on it, making the call. I'm not so sure
5: how we just did that. What an amazing day.
3: Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in that position, he will cross the line and win the Geico 500.
5: It's always nice. I, I love going back, you know, to racetracks that we've won at, and you know, trying to defend. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength from the Motor Racing
2: Network studios in Concord, North Carolina. Here is your host, Mike Bagley.
1: Hello,
6: everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live. Mike Bagley here, along with the rest of the MRN crew. So glad you're spending your week with us at the Motor Racing Network. Got a great show for you coming up. Hendrick Motorsports is slowly starting to see an uptick in performance. And one of its Rookie of the Year contenders, William Byron, is going to join us on today's show to talk about the good run he had at Richmond over the weekend. And, of course, he'll help preview this weekend's GEICO 500 at Talladega. Speaking of good runs at Richmond, Kyle Busch picked up his third win in a row. His crew chief, Adam Stevens, will be here to talk about the successes of the past three races. Plus, he too will give us a glimpse into what we can expect at Talladega this weekend. Timothy Peters will be making his Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series debut at Dega this weekend. He's on today's show to talk about it. Also, we go face-to-face with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He'll talk about Talladega, the new Ford. Remember, the Mustang is coming to the Cup Series in 2019. And he'll also give us a whole lot more. Kim Kuhn has our social media minute. We'll preview this week's podcast series, the 1993 season, 25 years later. We'll also look back on this week in NASCAR history and much more. But to get us going this week, let's take a listen back to this past Saturday's Toyota Owners 400 in Richmond with a NASCAR Live backtracks.
7: Glad to
2: have you with us on a Saturday night. Let's revisit the top 10 starters, Truex and Chase Elliott, row one. It'll be one to go this over here. All right, bro. We've got 100 laps in this first
8: stage, 200 for the second, 400 to win the race. See you in victory lane when over. Good
3: luck, bud. Have a good one up there, bud. Good luck in there, guys. Appreciate the fast car, the us Go get them. a green flag is in the air, and we are underway here in Richmond, Virginia. And the outside line prevailed. Joey Logano
6: stepped to the outside of the racetrack, around the outside of Martin Truex Jr. To not only take the lead, but also pull away by three car lengths in the process. Clear
4: by one. Working the high side right here, coming on the outside here. The outside by himself.
8: Right, first, first. Joey Logano, pit stall number four, middle of turn number one and two, four
3: tires in fuel. Be ready. All the right, way, all the right. way. Stick, stick, stick. All good. Nobody coming, nobody coming. No pressure at all. No pressure at all the line. Good job, boys. Four tires, Sunoco fuel, likewise for Kevin Harvick. God almighty, we have overthought that one. I mean, just turning right all the way around the racetrack. Terrible. The 10 was the best car there. We know what we need to do to get there.
2: We've seen some other cars good on the short run, others good on the long run, and in particular, Logano and Eric Elmirola. Channel 2, that is probably about the fastest
3: car, isn't it? Channel 2, yeah, he's pretty quick. Pretty quick. All the stewart Haas cars are pretty decent. Three of the stewart Haas cars are currently right up there in the top five. Hey, listen, Brett, you you guys have got to keep his pace under control here when he's racing these guys. I mean, it's... He, he, he raced, him and the 41 both up, raced each other and that's why the 22 got by. If it, I don't know how long you guys think a long run's going to go but if it's going to be equal to what we just did here he, you, you gotta get somebody to look at these t- the time find out what the 22 and the 10 kind of got rolling there because they, they did run the pace. These guys ran up the front. They gobbled us up at the
2: end. You know, just a moment ago, remember Clint Boyer was up there battling for the stage win. He didn't get it. Here's what he had to say.
8: When I when they really when I started f*ing up bad, it, it's because of the center. Um, started getting real tight. I'm up eight tenths there in the track bar. Sorry, didn't get that stage. Damn it. Just trying. My air Come on, plug somehow. They don't have any tape on. Go for. Did you hear anything I said? I heard you fine. I probably was just talking to nobody for a while there. I was wondering why you didn't
3: answer me.
6: Right, and Newman gets a piece of the wall. A lot of smoke from underneath
8: his Camaro.
3: Yeah, here he comes off turn number four. Smoke is boiling off Newman's Chevy. We'll pop the hood and see what we got going on here. You got a whole (laughs) wall cooler. 10-4. M4. Well then we're done. I just wanted to confirm, make sure it wasn't something else. Jamie McMurray,
6: who'll bounce off the wall, he'll flip it just
3: a tad. My car is all f***ed up. I hit the wall pretty hard on the outside. 10-4. we'll get everything clear. let get some tires on here. I got a pit this time, because I got, I got a flat tire. Support, coming to you guys. Coming to you right here.
2: Cautions will breed cautions, and that is what we are seeing right now in the waning laps here of the Toyota Owners 400.
6: And here comes Martin Truex Jr. He'll peel off the banking. He's coming to pit road. We'll just do the
3: opposite here, Martin. If they uh, they don't stay over, we'll come pit. I don't think anybody will pit now, will they? Don't matter. If we get another one, it'll be worth it. He's behind us on the lead lap. There's a lot. We'll drop. I'll take it. What do we got to lose? He won at Texas. He won at Bristol. And tonight he will win the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond Raceway in Virginia. Yes! Awesome job, guys. Hell yeah! Great work, Tech Crew. You guys won this one. Pat on the back, everybody.
9: Way to dig, guys. That's something else right there. Proud of you, buddy.
6: That's some of the best in-car audio from this past weekend at Richmond Raceway. Coming up next, we've got a face-to-face interview with Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and later, Timothy Peters will
9: join us. When it comes to performance,
2: the gas pedal gets all the glory,
9: until, of course, something gets in its way, like the neighbor kid's ball bouncing into the street. That's why AutoZone carries Duralast brake pads and rotors. They're designed to
4: give drivers performance behind that pedal on the left. With brake pads and rotors and a specialty tool from our Lona Tool program, AutoZone is your one stop for better stopping. Because safe is the new fast, and it's time we put the other pedal to the metal. Get
10: in the zone. AutoZone.
4: Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Soon, you'll have a separate fridge in the basement where extra groceries are exiled forever. Remember that frozen lasagna? Of course you don't. It's been down there since 2008. Good news is it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Piece of cake. Behind the lasagna, it's very old. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
6: We go face-to-face with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live.
6: Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. You know, last week, Roush Fenway Racing had a big announcement concerning sponsorships for the number 17 Fords driven by Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Our Kim Coon sat down with Ricky to talk about the news and his return to Talladega this weekend with a face-to-face interview. <laughs>
11: You recently announced that your partners are in through 2021 with so much focus on sponsorship in the sport these days. How much does this announcement help you just really focus on the competition and what you're doing on track?
5: I think, you nailed it, it lets us focus on that a lot. I think, you know, it lets me focus on what I need to do in the car uh, Making sure I'm doing everything I can to continue to help develop our cars, to help give the right feedback and tell the guys what we need uh, or what I need in the car to to go faster. Uh, It lets the whole shop and the whole organization focus on that as well. Uh, You know, we're definitely by no means done uh, looking for partners, uh, but this is a huge step in the right direction for us. It also says a lot about, uh, you know, our sport, um, you know, because these are three. Diverse companies, way different, and you know, and they all can use and, and see the benefit in using uh, us here at Roush Fenway Racing as a, as a platform for their marketing uh, endeavors. And so, that's something that you know, we've really been proud of what we can do here at Roush Fenway uh, off the racetrack for them. Uh, we're always looking to do more on the racetrack and continue to hopefully get each one of them in victory lane. Uh, we've gotten fifth, third in there twice. So they're loving it, and uh, we gotta spread the love for sure.
11: Ford announced via social media that the Mustang would be a part of the Cup Series in NASCAR next season for 2019. You won two Xfinity Series championships in the Ford Mustang. So how cool is it going to be for you to be back in a Ford Mustang next season?
5: It's going to be cool. I'm glad that you know we were able to, you know, even if we didn't win the rest of this year, I was able to get a fusion in victory lane. Uh, but, you know, I've, I was really comfortable putting the Mustang in victory lane, uh, you know, in the 2011-2012 season so, uh, and winning championships. But, um, you know, anytime you can get in a Mustang, uh, it's always it's just that iconic feel, uh, something that Ford's been proud of and winning races uh, with for, you know, so many years. And to see that come to the highest level uh, in, in our sport is, uh, is going to be fun.
11: Fords have had a lot of speed this season though and looking kind of at other manufacturers obviously Chevy brought the Camaro back this year they've kind of had a little bit of a learning curve so do you foresee the beginning of next year kind of being maybe not a struggle but some learning curves with the Mustang out on the track?
5: I want to say no uh, but you never know I guess I, I would say every manufacturer that brings out a new car probably feels like hey this is our best car we've you know designed as of late and uh, we feel like we're going to be pretty good but uh, that might not be the case uh, as seen by some of the other manufacturers you know kind of struggled Toyota struggled to get going with theirs but uh, I feel really confident that uh, you know with what um, you know Ford and all the teams have kind of came together and uh, all worked on this car uh, I feel like it'll be good right out of the box Um, you know we have had some really good speed this year uh, you know, especially the the Stuart Haas cars, uh, the Penske cars. We're looking to kind of catch up with them on the mile and a half so I feel like some of the short tracks we've been right there with some of them. But uh, you know, overall, we're uh, we're ready to go.
11: Talking about intermediate tracks, you guys do have a little more speed than you had shown in past years at those mile and a halfers. Do you feel like you guys have hit on something this season that maybe you hadn't on some of the tracks you struggled on last year?
5: Uh, I felt like you know, Fontana, we were actually a little bit worse uh, than we were uh, last year. Uh, We were decent at Atlanta. Uh, We were decent at Las Vegas. Uh, I thought we were pretty good at Texas. Um, You know, it's just about minimizing mistakes right now for us. I think we've had a a bad start to the year uh, mistakes wise. And I think that's kind of what has made us kind of feel like hey, we're way behind. Um, You know, I think if we can get more consistent, we might not feel as far behind, but, um, you know, we're still trying to get our mile-and-a-halfs better. I think that's, uh, you know, where this company was kind of set the sh- mark on uh, as far as when they started building building mile-and-a-half racetracks. Jack won uh, so many of them, and uh, we'd like to get him back to victory lane in one of them, too.
3: This is the moment a race car driver lives for. Leading the field at Talladega Super Speedway with big names behind him. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in that position. He will cross the line and win
11: the Geico 500. I'll give a little stretch of tracks for you, and that includes Talladega coming up. It's going to be the one-year anniversary of your first Cup Series win, and that in the story of your dad climbing the fence. Any any thoughts that you guys might go back there and just think about everything that went down?
5: It's always nice. I, I love going back, um, you know, to racetracks that we've won at, and you know, trying to defend. Your win is uh, is something that 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 you feel uh, good about doing, and uh, anytime we go to Talladega, we're pretty confident, and uh, we showed that we had really good speed at Daytona, still, even with the rules changes that uh, that we've had uh, for the speedway. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be ready to have some fun and uh, hopefully uh, see Victory Lane again.
11: Speaking of restrictor plate racing, NASCAR announced that for the All-Star race this year, they're actually going to use a restrictor plate, and it's got a lot of fans talking. Will it be like Talladega and Daytona? What are your thoughts on it? We'll give you an advantage knowing how fast you guys have been with the restrictor plate
5: i don't know um you know i hope it it brings us right into the mix of it you know i think charlotte's been a track where we've actually struggled uh, a little bit um you know i like the high speeds and you know without the restrictor plates but uh i do think it'll be interesting to you know see how this race plays out Uh, i think um you know, I, I definitely like that NASCAR's willing to, to try something um, at, at a race event other than just maybe at a test. And, you know, so we're, uh, we're all going to go out and race as hard as we can and see what happens.
6: That's Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Kim Kuhn. By the way, Wednesday, Roush Fenway Racing will have another press announcement. Stay tuned for that and catch up with all the details at mrn.com. Coming up next, Timothy Peters will join us. And later, Hendrick Motorsports driver William Byron stops by.
3: Grunt style, the American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are grunt style, and this will defend. Get yours at gruntstyle.com or on the track this week at Talladega Super Speedway.
2: In a sport driven by acceleration, we're shifting gears to do more to help preserve our environment, driving the sport towards greater reforestation efforts, speeding up our recycling programs, racing greener with Sunoco Green E15, a cleaner blended biofuel. Because if we all shift gears to help the environment, we can keep racing for so much longer to learn more about how NASCAR is shifting towards a greener future. Visit NASCAR.com slash green today.
6: Memorial day weekend is fast approaching and you still have opportunities to be at Daytona international speedway for the country 500. It's going to be a wonderful music festival, great talent lineup and featuring Toby Keith, Chris Stapleton, Dirks Bentley, Sugarland and others. And to be there, all you have to do is go to country500.com or call 1-844-500-FEST. They've got ticket opportunities, camping, parking, other festival information as well. So be sure to swing it on over to country500.com to learn more. Timothy Peters will be with us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live.
3: The outside lane stalls out. They're four wide in the middle of the pack, but at the front of the field, it is Timothy Peters, the race leader. Now a couple of trucks try to break out a line. Eric Jones has come from that captain top side. Of the They're off turn four. Timothy Peters can see the start-finish line, waiting for the checkered flag to wave. He's at the front of the pack. They're four wide behind him, and Peters comes across the line to score the win today at Talladega.
6: Now back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded in the fall of 2014. Timothy Peters going to Gatorade Victory Lane, winning the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race at Talladega. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. And earlier today, Woody Kane had a chance to speak with Timothy about his debut this weekend in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series at Talladega.
8: Timothy, first off, congratulations, man. I know you've just got to still be on cloud nine after the announcement uh, that you're going to race in the Cup Series at Talladega and your debut. What a place to make your first Cup start, huh?
7: Yeah, I'm really uh, thankful to be going to Talladega with Ricky Ben Racing and everybody here at RBR to drive this beautiful Advance Auto Parts Black's Tire. Team Highland CarQuest Quest, BB&T Ford Fusion for my first start in the Monster Energy Cup Series. I love Talladega. I've had a lot of success there with the truck, so just hoping that uh, the little bit of experience that I have there in the truck will will, uh, will parlay into Sunday's race, and we get in the show and have a great finish. Well, speaking of that success, two wins there, four
8: top fives. You won from the poll in 2015 at Talladega. What is it that appeals to you about the, the restrictor plate racing, particularly at Talladega? Because a lot of drivers go in with the mindset of just get me through it, but you seem to thrive on it. How come?
7: Well, I just I really like a challenge, um, and I know this week has uh, the meter on the challenge uh, pegged, if you will. <laughs> um, you know, it's a it's a physically and mentally demanding race, and I know the guys here at the shop, Mike Hester and Ronnie Griffin and Mikey Hammond, just everybody's all in and uh, got a lot of heart hit it to uh, hit it down there, so. The Speedway racing has just always complemented my style, uh, the way I think, and the way we approach it. So I'm not going to change anything, hit it, and can't wait to get on the racetrack Friday. Just uh, exciting times, Woody.
8: With Ricky Benton Racing, you've got a little background with them. You guys ran together in the, in the truck at, at Martinsville and came home with a 7th place finish there. And the team ran the Daytona 500 with David Gilliland and finished 14th. So tell me about the relationship with Ricky Benton Racing and how this all came about.
7: Well, I just think it's really cool that that, uh, you have a team that's based in Sarah Gorda go to the Daytona 500 with David Gillen and and, uh, make the show and and to come home 14th with the adversity that they had down there. uh, They overcame that, and and a top 15 finish is a win. Um, So that momentum was built, headed into Talladega. Uh, And then obviously we're all short track racers, and I've known Ricky and and Mike Hester for a long time and uh, talked to Ricky a lot. And it just worked out to where uh, the opportunity presented itself and he presented it as well for me to come to Martinsville and drive the Black's Tire F-150 there. And, and right away, we just jailed. You know, we're just a bunch of racers. They love to go race. And I can appreciate what Ricky is doing for the sport, not only on the cup side, but the truck side as well. And to go have a little success was icing on the cake. And um, I think David had some commitments and, and stuff that uh, he couldn't go to Talladega and – you know, the opportunity presented itself to where Ricky gave me that chance. So, um, you know, I'm very thankful for it. And hopefully we can go down here and have a good run. And And who knows, maybe after this, there may be more to come. But right now we just want to focus on the task at hand. And that's completing 500 miles with a great finish at the end, Sunday.
8: Yeah, and, and a clean car to boot would be really nice, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned some other responsibilities that David Gilliland have, and, and you've got some of those yourself. You've since Red Horse Racing closed up, you've not been full time in the in the Camping World Truck Series, but you haven't been just sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. You've been really busy with Nelson Motorsports, and you guys had a great time at the uh, Denny Hamlin's Short Track Showdown. Tell me about your your gig with
7: them. Right, you know, just um, and it's something that Barry and I started back in 2013, and you know, I love late model stock car racing. That's that's uh, where i came from and our, our little program has has grown leaps and bounds and um you know to go to to denny's short track showdown and it's cool that he gives back to the saturday night racer and you know we've we've grown a successful saturday night program you know and it's came with a lot of, of great people involved the i call them the three amigos back at the shop jeff cessna mm-hmm. and dj jack and curtis martin and uh marcus richmond and david triplett uh, are a very big key everybody's a very big key to the su- success of that so we went to Langley and finished one two three and, mm. and that was very cool <clears throat> excuse me that was very cool to do and we went to Orange County Saturday with Bobby McCarty and Brandon Pierce and Brandon sat on the pole and um, you know we raised two different racetracks and uh, two different states and we had a one two three on Thursday night and second and third on Saturday night but uh, You know, just really want to focus on headed to Talladega with RBR and everybody on this good-looking Ford Fusion and the hard work that Mike Hester and everybody has put into it. And uh, This week is something that I've waited for for a long time, Woody, and I just can't wait to, to get down there and mix it up with the guys and have fun with everybody involved with this team. It's going to be
8: a, a fantastic time for sure. The weather forecast looks great. In addition to that, but uh, do you know much yet about your your plans for the rest of this season? Obviously, you're busy with Nelson Motorsports, but uh, uh, at the at the three National Touring Series level, do you do you know much about your
7: your calendar for the rest of this year yet? Well, we're working on that. We know that we'll go to um, the Charlotte Truck Race and. Uh, bristol and martinsville with with rvr and blacks tire service on the side of the f-150 and uh you know ricky has really got a great thing going here and um again you got you have racers here in the race shop it's a lot of work and you know you got three guys that that just put a lot of effort and soul and heart you can't beat that so uh our main goal right now is to focus on uh talladega on the cup side and then the three truck races and who knows um you know, as far as the hype that that we're getting, and we get just get us a few more races there on a the cup car, maybe. But uh, right now, I appreciate what Ricky has done for me, and hopefully, it's more to come.
8: Yeah, it sounds like a, a really great opportunity, and looking forward to seeing you on the on the track in that number ninety two Ford this weekend at Talladega. Timothy, man, congratulations on this big deal, and uh, good luck this weekend at Talladega.
7: Thank you, Woody. I appreciate you, buddy.
8: That's Timothy Peters with our Woody Kane. Coming up on
6: NASCAR Live, William Byron will join us, and later, Kyle Bush's crew chief, Adam Stevens, will be
9: here.
4: I'm not blooming good, I'm blooming great. Put a shrimp on the barbie and
3: sizzle my steak. Woo, I want that honey to bloom. and it get in my senses like
7: sonic boom.
3: No room. About. I'll I'll back brown brown. The Country 500 Music Festival is back at Daytona International Speedway How do you like me with Toby Keith, Chris Stapleton, Dirk Spentley, sugar land billy currington (laughs) and so much more country 500 memorial day weekend
4: may 25th 26th and
3: 27th for tickets and information visit country 500.com sponsored in part by budweiser
6: william byron is coming up next this is nascar live on the motor racing network the voice of nascar this is nascar live now back to mike bagley Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Coming up, we've got Kim Kuhn and a social media minute. But first, let's go to the hotline and bring in one of the newer faces in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series from Hedrick Motorsports. William Byron is on NASCAR Live. William, welcome back to the show. How are you?
12: Yeah, it's great to great to be on here.
6: Well, we're glad to have you, uh, especially on the heels of what I consider to be a good run by you Saturday night at Richmond Raceway. I walked away. With a twelfth place finish, uh looks like Jimmy had a good run as well. You had you had the cars up front. Chase had a good finish. Let's walk through your night. Twelfth place finish after starting in the ninth position. How would you uh how would you classify Saturday night's successes there?
12: Yeah, it was honestly a really good race for us. We uh were able to finish both stages in the top five and I felt like without the um the speeding penalty we we got, I feel like we would have been capable of finishing a a lot better than where we did but overall was not a bad day for us to finish 12th and gain a lot of points with the with the stages and i feel like we've got a ton of momentum going into the next weekend and also some of the racetracks that we'll go to in may let's
6: talk about pit road here for a moment i know that the entrance of pit road at richmond is in the middle of the corner but it would appear to me that richmond's kind of tricky pit road to get on to Wowing the car down, getting on pit road, but as a driver, what's the struggle like trying to maintain that pit road speed just to the very, very last, I guess, half a mile an hour before stepping over that line?
12: Yeah, honestly, it's a little bit more difficult at Richmond just because you actually have a corner that you go through and you carry more RPM and more speed through there, and then you can slow back down for the straightaway. So getting that balance of when you're supposed to carry that rpm and when you're supposed to slow down is pretty difficult but I feel like you know overall I learned a lot there and I know kind of what we need to do going back there and I feel like those things are going to apply almost every pit road you know pit road is a competition in itself honestly each week you're pushing that to be better and try to get the most out of it so you can have a good uh, pit stop and also get out with more positions
6: how often are you able to visit with the crew during the week and maybe engage in pit road practice or or pit practice or anything? Does your schedule allow you to do that?
12: Yeah, we honestly do a lot of that. We we practice and the guys practice their pit stops and I feel like most weeks we're looking at data, looking at looking at different things for us to to build on and progress and that's really what the challenge is. You try to be better in green flag stops, you try to learn from that and make yourself better there. So we look at that stuff, but we also look at what we're doing on restarts and all the things that it takes to be successful.
6: How's your relationship with your crew chief, Darian Grubb, coming along?
12: Uh, it's been great. Darian and I have started to, to really click, I'd say, the last couple of weeks, especially uh, the beginning of the year was, was probably a little bit of learning experience for me and also just learning for, for him, um, a new team in general for us. And I feel like the last couple of weeks we've started to really – hone in on what we need as a race team and and start to learn what's most successful for us. So that just takes a little bit of time, but I feel like the last couple weeks have been really strong for us.
6: I know that if you're a crew chief, if you're a crew member, if you're a driver, you want success immediately and you don't want to wait very long to get it. But there's a process and you're in the middle of that process. Is this a struggle for you? Is it a struggle for any racer wanting to be at one station on the leaderboard or in progress and having to work your way towards it. What is that like?
7: Yeah, I
12: think that you're always looking to be more competitive and and be better, but I feel like you kind of know and and you're realistic with your approach of where you guys are at the moment. And with that, you know, comes just accepting what you're, what you're capable of doing. And I feel like this weekend we're, we're capable of really finishing in the top five and we showed that, And, uh, you know, we're we're a little bit disappointed with the result we ended up with, but I think that there's a ton of positives to really build on and and think about for us. So you kind of know where you're capable of during the race and and you see where your car stacks up and and how you can do. And I think you just build on that each week to hopefully be able to back that up for the next week.
6: Chatting with William Byron coming off a 12th place finish at Richmond Raceway uh, over the weekend uh, in Richmond, Virginia. We're heading off to Talladega, your second restrictor plate race in a cup car. What do you remember about the Daytona 500 and just your experience overall in Daytona getting getting transitioned to not only a cup car, a new level of your career, but the no ride height rule that we had debuted at Daytona this year?
12: Yeah, Daytona was definitely a whirlwind experience for me. Obviously, it was my first Daytona 500. But there's a lot of things that come with it. you got to go through the levels. You've got to um, have a successful practice and, and qualifying. And I feel like it was a lot for me to take in. But as I progress through the year and as we're, I think, nine races in now, there's more for me to look back on. And I'm so much more comfortable with what's going on with our race team, but also with the race car itself. So I think going back to Talladega is going to be more comfort for me. I'm going to know what I what I need to do in the race car to be more successful, and I'm just probably going to be more aggressive so i think all that stuff is going to add up and i'm going to be better prepared this time around
6: how is drafting in a cup car compared to drafting in an xfinity car
12: you know drafting in the cup car is just more edgy more edgy seat, um more excitement it's just so much more intense than what the xfinity series was and i think that with that you just have to kind of slow your mind down and be able to process what's going on so that takes a little bit of time, takes a few races at it, but I feel like this time around I'll be already more comfortable than, than what I was there at Daytona.
6: Well, it sounds like you got you got your mind in the right place. The performance is starting to improve, and we're going to sit back, relax, and watch you do all the heavy lifting and get better by the week, young man. Thank you so much for the time. We wish you the best in, in Talladega this weekend.
12: Thank you. I really appreciate it.
6: Thank you. That's William Byron joining us. He'll be in the number 24 car for Hedrick Motorsports this weekend in the Geico 500 at Talladega. Coming up next, we'll get a preview of this week's podcast series, MRN Presents, the 1993 season 25 years later, and Kyle Busch's crew chief, Adam Stevens, will join us later
4: on in the show as well.
10: Lots of on-track activity, but a
6: rearranged weekend of track activity coming up for you this weekend at Talladega. We'll be on the air Friday with two practice sessions for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, 12.30 and 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Saturday, we'll have pole qualifying for the GEICO 500 at 1, followed by the NASCAR XFINITY Series, Sparks Energy 300 at 2.30 Eastern And then we're back Sunday for the GEICO 500. Live coverage Sunday begins at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We've got a preview of this week's podcast, the 1993 season, 25 years later. Coming up next, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks for
6: spending part of your week with us here on NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. Joining us now for this week's Social Media Minute is our Kim Kuhn. Kim, what's everyone talking about this week?
11: Mike, I'm sure you've used the phrase too cool for school. I certainly have. But this weekend at Richmond Raceway, there was a pair of fans that were literally too cool for school. They actually skipped their prom for the races at Richmond. They were in the stands. Vision caught them on the screen. And because... Everybody was so enthralled with this couple. They actually got to meet Kyle Busch. Now, how do we know they're Kyle Busch fans? Well, they brought a sign to the track that said, we skipped senior prom for NASCAR. And the I and the O in senior they had replaced with that iconic 18 font of Kyle Busch. They got to meet Kyle. You can go to at NASCAR on Twitter to see the photo the couple got alongside the driver of the number 18 Toyota, as well as the Richmond Raceway winner with the line, prom is so Overrated. This couple, along with all of the fans at Richmond Raceway this weekend, got a look at how Richmond Reimagine is coming, to. They still have some work to do, but we'll go back in the fall and see the renovations complete. Another racetrack, though, remember, that's undergoing renovations is ISM Raceway in Phoenix, and they're letting fans get a look at all of the demolition and construction going on at the track. If you go to their handle, at ISM Raceway, they have Petty Grandstand Check, Media Center Check. Obviously, those two structures already been demolished. Next on the list, the ISM Raceway Scoring Tower. Yes, they have a video of the demolition of the tower. Now, these things are huge. It's hard to imagine this thing going down, but they have it captured for fans. All I want to do is yell, Timber! Because it looks like literally a tree going down in the forest. So I encourage fans to check that out. They made a pretty cool video of it. This weekend, though, we head to Talladega, and to keep up with everything NASCAR, make sure you follow us at MRN Radio.
6: Oh, it's the end of an era. And that ISM Raceway is going to look sharp and sweet and totally brand new. Hope you're there with us Uh, November 9th, 10th, and 11th. They're at ISM Raceway outside of Phoenix. This week is the final installment of our podcast series, MRN Presents, the 1993 season 25 years later. We wrap up the season with all the drama at Atlanta Motor Speedway and much more. Here's a
3: sample of this week's show. And the points situation, obviously, is between Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt. I do remember that it got dangerously close to us not even making the start of the race.
9: They did the national anthem with our spot on the grid empty. We were in the garage. Still going through tech. That's the only race I can remember as a crew chief or crew member that we almost
3: didn't start. It looked like Earnhardt tried to cut down and get underneath him to grab a spot, and the car slid up on him. His right front fender tapped Gordon's left rear fender and sent Jeff around in a
5: 360. Oh, I, I remember this one very well. Yeah, that was that was called, let, let me uh, show this young rookie, what racing the Cup Series with a veteran is all about. Ken
3: Schrader, slips in turn two, car got hit from the rear. And so I wanted to find Kenny to make sure that he wasn't going to retaliate at Atlanta, right?
9: So I found him, and he's mad. He's still plenty mad. And he said, oh, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And he said, I'm going to get him here. I said, And I said, please, please, Kenny, for my sake, I've never won a championship. This is my best shot. I'm begging you. Don't pay him back. I know he deserves it. I saw it.
8: And now, in tandem, going the opposite way, the race winner, Rusty Wallace, and the championship driver, Dale Earnhardt, each carrying flags honoring their fallen friends, Alan Kulwicki and Davey
5: Allison. Davey and Alan Kulwicki were on everybody's mind all year long, right to the very end. And we always had those flags in our truck.
6: That's from this week's MRN Presents, the 1993 season 25 years later. You can download this show as well as the first nine for free at MRN.com and also on iTunes. Coming up next, Kyle Busch's crew chief, Adam Stevens, will join us. And later, we'll look back on this week in NASCAR history.
10: Things happen fast in racing. And if you don't know where to look, you can miss it all. With Legend from Racing Electronics, you'll never miss another moment. Legend gives you live fan vision video, in-car cameras and stats at NASCAR and other Premier Series events, and the next generation race scanner for unfiltered driver and crew audio at any motorsports event nationwide. NASCAR fans have never been closer to the action. Welcome to the future of the fan experience. Learn more by visiting RacingElectronics.com.
3: Kyle Petty here. My friends at Click & Close, the official mortgage provider of NASCAR, have stepped up this year to support Victory Junction through the fastest lap of the race program on NASCAR radio. So join our team. Go to ClickAndClose.com NASCAR today to donate $43 or more and help us give the gift of camp to children with serious medical conditions. That's ClickAndClose.com NASCAR. And just look for the Victory Junction logo. Thanks to Click and Close and NASCAR Radio for their support this season. Kyle Busch's crew chief, Adam
6: Stevens, joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of
2: NASCAR this is nascar live
3: he won at texas he won at bristol and tonight he will win the toyota owners 400 at richmond raceway in
4: virginia ah the crew is celebrating high fives adam stevens the crew chief on it making the call 32nd to first congratulations adam
7: I'm
9: not so sure how we just did that. What an amazing day. Uh, so proud of this team, so proud of KB. You know, we're real, really firing on all eight cylinders, and uh, it's M&M's Camry, something,
2: of course, to be reckoned with. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
6: That's how it sounded Saturday night under the lights in the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond Raceway. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. Kyle Bush took a trip to Victory Lane. Matter of fact, he ventured up into the crowd, visited with them with the checkered flag in hand. And the crew chief is here to talk about it. Adam Stevens is back on NASCAR Live. Adam, welcome back to the program. Congratulations on the Richmond win.
9: Thanks, Mike. Great to be here.
6: Well, let's start off with practice. It seemed like there was a lot of thrashing going on in practice when we opened things up there on Friday. How much thrashing was going on on the 18 car?
9: Well, I would say uh, not a terrible amount. You know, uh, Richmond's a tough place. You practice in the heat of the day track generally is a little bit dirty this time of year and it's hard to get a grip on it and the tires wear so fast and on top of it this year we only had two 50-minute practices and three sets of tires to navigate through all that so once you get a heat cycle or two on your tires it's just about impossible to learn anything in practice so you really have to lean on your your notes from uh, previous races and uh, make your best guess going into the weekend and try not to stray too far from your baseline setup.
6: Well, and that's what I was going to ask you. Practice time was very limited. You mentioned 250, that's five zero-minute practice sessions. How important does that make that preparation back at the shop? And when you lower that lift gate, you pull the car off of it, you can spend more time on focusing on fine-tuning instead of taking wild swings at it if something happened to come up.
9: Absolutely. If you unload behind the eight ball, it's really tough to recover with the schedule that we have at Richmond. It's tough anyway, even with more tires and more practice, but uh the heat cycles on the tires in practice, you know, every time you come in and out of the garage, the grip level just goes down so much that it it's really really hard to compare where you're at to other teams and it's really hard to pick apart for the drivers to pick apart what the car's doing. So um it, it's critical that uh you have good notes from previous events and you really focus on what you're going to fight in the race and uh the practice conditions are nothing like the race conditions when you're practicing with the, in the full sunshine and then you're racing in the twilight into the evening and the, and the temperatures are going down. So it's a different animal and it's a, it's a unique uh, kind of weekend. You know, we don't fight, uh, we don't have schedules like that too often, especially with track services like that. So it, it's pretty challenging, but it's a lot of fun when you can put it all together.
6: And then we went to qualifying. And I think I can speak for a lot of people that I was shocked that kyle qualified 32nd what happened in qualifying
9: <laughs> yeah well it turns out the crew chief may have messed up a little bit but uh, it certainly wasn't reflective of the speed in our car and uh i guess you have to kind of go back to practice it was the same tire combination that we've had the last couple years there uh, but with the temps way down it really seemed like it was taking uh, a couple laps to get the tires up to temperature before they could make optimum grip and we uh, chose not to make a mock qualifying run in practice because, uh, like I said, the schedule was so tight. Um, So we really didn't know what we had going in. We kind of had to base it off of years past and and base our adjustments off our teammates. So we made our adjustments and and, uh, went out there to qualify, and we waited as long as we possibly could in the first round so we knew how fast we needed to go to transfer. We let all the other cars go, so we knew that we needed to run whatever lap time. And I really wanted to get it done in as few laps as possible so we had better tires for the later rounds and uh, hopefully make a run at the pole. So I told Kyle to run two laps, and I would call him off after the first lap if possible. Well, it so happens that at Richmond, uh, the start-finish line is very close to the exit of turn four. It's not symmetric in the middle of the front stretch. So by the time he came off of turn four and I saw the lap time on my stopwatch and on the monitor, he had already crossed the start-finish line and shut the motor off and i knew that lap time wasn't good enough but we had already made our bed and the first thing i said when he crossed the line was uh, that's not going to be good enough and he said well you told me to run two laps <laughs> so uh, mission accomplished for what the driver uh, for what the crew chief told the driver but uh, not mission accomplished for advancing to the next round
6: well but what that did set up was him coming through the field on saturday night and in the first portion of that race just put on a clinic. I mean, was passing cars right and left and more right than left because he was using the outside lane. What kind of satisfaction did that give you watching him do what he did in stage one, coming to the front of the field, maintaining that, and then, of course, being at the right place at the right time at race's end?
9: Yeah, you know, it was pretty pretty rewarding. It's The best way to tell how good your car is is to start in the back and see how many cars you can pass, I guess. So we were pretty confident that we made good race changes, you know, five or six laps into the race when we had – Uh, started really working our way up through the field but uh, we knew the qualifying wasn't reflective of the speed potential our car had and and we were pretty happy with what we saw in practice and had a good direction to change things based off the pass notes and you know what our teammates were fighting and and the feedback we were getting that weekend so uh, it was pretty clear early in the race that uh, we were going to be a part of the story of the race by the time the uh, checkered flag fell.
6: Chatting with Adam Stevens, who is the race winning crew chief from the Toyota Owners 400 Saturday night at Richmond Raceway, headed off to Talladega for the Geico 500. What's the practice plan? How long do you want him out on the racetrack and how long do you want him in the draft before you bring him back and pull, pull him out for what could potentially be a chaotic problem there in practice?
9: That's a great question. You know, uh, this weekend, again, we only have two 50-minute practices, and then qualifying is impound. It's a little bit different schedule. It's not different for Talladega, but different than a normal weekend. So we'll kind of base our setup, our arrive setup, more off of Daytona then we will pass Talladega races because we haven't been to Talladega with this rule package. And uh, for us, for for our team, um, I, I won't put Kyle out there in the pack in practice. Uh, we'll make a couple single car runs, and we will run uh, hopefully with our TRD teammates and just get a feel for what the car does in different aero situations, but we don't intend to uh, – put them out there in in a big pack and and risk tearing a car up in practice this week.
6: Sounds like a solid game plan to me. Before I let you go, just overall, the 18 team right now, you obviously have three wins to your credit. It seems like from the outside looking in, the team is where it should be. You're already locked into the playoffs, but you're already performing as playoff contenders and playoff winners. Where, in your opinion, what is the assessment? Is this race team right now? We're only a quarter way uh, way into the season.
9: Yeah, you know, I, I really like what I see. We've got a, a good group of guys here, and uh, everybody's performing at a high level. I, I think we're all working together well. Uh, and as a company, we're we're building good race cars, and as a race team, we're executing well at the racetrack. So uh, all those aspects, I'm, I'm very pleased. But uh, I think there's always room to improve with uh, – basic car speed and making sure that we're bringing the best possible piece to the racetrack. And, and you know, if we can do that and keep advancing there and then, uh, you know, keep executing at a high level, then uh, it has every, uh, every uh, potential here to shape up to be a really great year.
6: Well, uh, congratulations on what you've accomplished so far. Best of luck trying to get four in a row in the Geico 500 at Talladega Sunday.
9: All right. Thank you very much.
6: Thank you. That's Adam Stevens, Kyle Busch's crew chief. Coming up, we've got this week in NASCAR history, and we're also going to preview the GEICO 500 in Dega.
9: When it comes to performance, the gas pedal gets all the glory until, of course, something gets in its way, like the neighbor kid's ball bouncing into the street. That's why AutoZone carries Duralast brake pads and rotors. They're designed to give drivers performance behind that
4: pedal on the left. With brake pads and rotors and a specialty tool from our Lona Tool program, AutoZone is your one-stop for better stopping. Because safe is the new fast, and it's time we put the other pedal to the metal. Get
10: in the zone, AutoZone.
4: Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mold along. lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks for
6: spending time with us on this week's NASCAR Live. In a moment, we're going to preview the GEICO 500 at Talladega. But first, my friends, let's go back in time for some this week in NASCAR history. And this week, we begin in 1978. The Saturday Night Fever soundtrack is number one on the charts. The Blues Brothers made their first appearance on Saturday Night Live. And NASCAR was racing at Martinsville. Daryl Walter was three laps ahead of everyone when he won the Virginia
3: 500. He is clear of all traffic. In front of him is the rookie, Hamby. He's coming out of turn four, and the crowd up on their feet, giving a tremendous ovation as the checkered flag falls for car number 88. Waltrip coming down home first. He came out of turn number four. Ken yeah, he just stuck his hand out the window and put up a finger number one, and he came across the stripe the winner.
6: Next stop is 1989. Tom Petty is number one with I Won't Back Down. In the NFL draft, Troy Aikman went number one to the Dallas Cowboys, and NASCAR was once again at Martinsville. And again, it was Daryl Waltrip taking the checkered flag and the panel sweatshirts 500.
8: Darrell Waltrip going into turn number three. He won the 1989 Daytona 500. He won the Motorcraft 500 in Atlanta. And for Darrell Waltrip and the Tide team, victory number three of the 1989 season. The panel 500 in Martinsville is Waltrip's. This is how we do it. And we end
6: our journey this week in 1995. Montel Jordan is number one with this is how we do it. San Francisco 49ers quarterback Joe Montana announced his retirement. And again, NASCAR was racing at Martinsville Speedway. This time, it was Rusty Wallace going to victory lane by winning the Haynes 500.
3: Rusty Wallace not even looking back now. Still maintaining that strong lead off turn number two. Gently sets the car on the back straightaway. Still five car lengths over the second place car. For the fourth time in the last five races here at
8: Martinsville, Rusty Wallace will win the Haynes 500. Happy
6: we wish happy birthdays this week to Alex Bowman and Austin Dillon. Those are just some of the events of this week in NASCAR history. This weekend, we're racing at Talladega Super Speedway for a preview. Here's our Susie Armstrong. Susie?
13: Thank you, Mike. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series teams transition from tight confines to wide open spaces and top speed as they pivot to Talladega Super Speedway for the GEICO 500. Three times the winner this season – Kyle Busch's one and only trip to Talladega Victory Lane was in the spring of 2008, a dry spell the 2015 champ will attempt to end this Sunday.
2: Next week we go to Talladega, so I think
3: it's easier to win the Powerball than to win at Talladega, but um, we'll we'll give it a go anyways, we'll see what we get.
13: With two Super Speedway wins on his resume, David Reagan hopes to parlay his restrictor plate prowess. To nab his first top 10 of
5: 2018. Talladega is a little wider, it's a little bit more forgiving, uh, and it's usually uh, a, a race that, that we can have a little bit more of a, of a plan and try to execute uh, versus Daytona seems to be more of handling. It's harder to pass. It's harder to maneuver. And uh, I, I've, I've had feaster or famine at Talladega. I mean, I've been on the hook and in the garage watching the checker flag fall, and I've been able to race for a win.
13: Seeking his first Cup career top ten, Ty Dillon's plan of attack includes a somewhat defensive strategy. The
12: last, I don't know, five or six super speedway races in the, in the Monster G Cups series it's been more about survival than anything so we might adjust our plan a little bit uh, after how our Daytona went we were really aggressive and had a good car and we're running up there fighting for the first stage and got caught in a crash and um, started our year off behind so uh, we got to keep our momentum going and, and hopefully when we get to Talladega we've, we've gained some good momentum and we're heading the right way and we can get a good finish there.
13: Alex Bowman anticipates a productive outing Riding on the mojo from a strong run from the pole in the Great American Race. I
12: think we can be really, really fast at Talladega. Uh, obviously, our, our Camaros have really good speed. We proved that, um, and I think uh, I, I think they can race really well too. I mean, we led we led some laps in the 500, and we're really top five, top ten car all day. Um, ran up front quite a bit, so. Hopefully just more of that. Just got to uh, stay out of trouble there at the end.
13: The GEICO 500 takes the green this Sunday afternoon at Talladega Super Speedway just after 2 p.m. Eastern. Live coverage on the Motor Racing Network begins at 1. For this week's NASCAR Live Race Preview, I'm Susie Armstrong.
6: Uh, There's nothing like racing at Talladega Super Speedway. Hope you're there with us. And if you still haven't made your plans, go to talladegasuperspeedway.com. And get your tickets. We'll look forward to seeing you there. Folks, we are out of time for this week. But as always, we thank you for yours. Our thanks to Adam Stevens for joining us. Also, William Byron and Timothy Peters. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. So
2: long. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. And was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Rich Colbert. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.
1: As much as life has changed over the last year, you're still pretty busy. So consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same tests hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 25 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com.